This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about Trump's pardon of that Navy SEAL who committed war crimes and the Pentagon's pushback against Trump. For that, we turn to Jeet here. Of course, he's national affairs correspondent for The Nation. Jeet, welcome back. Good to be back. Well, this was the case of Edward Gallagher, the Navy SEAL, who was charged with more than a dozen criminal acts, including premeditated murder in Iraq. Remind us what he did. Well, uh, he's accused of a, a large number of acts, but I think the most, uh, uh, one of the most shocking is that there was a ISIS uh, soldier who was a teenager who was captured and sedated by his team, and Gallagher allegedly just took a knife to him and stabbed him in the neck, uh, uh, killing him. Trump has had been tweeting about this case for quite a while, hadn't he? Yeah, while the the trial was going on, which itself is very questionable whether a president should be doing this, Trump was saying, like, you know, they should leave uh, Gallagher alone. And uh, this is because there's a kind of network of supporters for Gallagher, especially on Fox News, and Trump had kind of made himself the champion of this cause. But it's also in keeping with Trump's larger policy, which is really keeping a campaign promise, which is that he wants to, like, sort of unshackle the military from the Geneva Convention. The military court heard this case last summer, more than a dozen charges, and Gallagher was found, what, guilty on all counts? No, he was uh, found uh, guilty only on uh, one count, Uh, but this is just because it's it's very difficult to get the military to punish uh, war criminals. The one count was that uh, he posed for a trophy photo, which is a very serious violation of sort of, you know, norms of decency. What exactly is a trophy photo? Uh, that's when you like sort of you know um, have a, a photograph of uh, someone uh, an enemy combatant who's like either dead or captured, and you uh, take a photo with them as a kind of you know mark of humiliation. So the jury found him guilty of only one count, and what was the sentence? Yeah, he had been sentenced to four months, uh, but he had already uh, served that time. So it was like, you know, he basically got time served and uh, was released. So the big issue here for the Navy was not just the sentence. There were some other potential penalties, at least, that the Navy considered. What were those? The Navy um, uh, had a peer review board, which is going to consider a variety of uh, further punishments. They would include demotion, dishonorable discharge, and also the taking away of his um, Trident uh, medal that he was wore as a Navy SEAL, which is a very prestigious thing for um, uh, members of the Navy. Normally, this would be decided by the court, but this was the point at which Trump intervened directly. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be decided by a sort of peer review board, uh, and uh, Trump intervened to say that, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, no, you know, this is my guy. You're not going to demote him. You're not going to dishonorably discharge him. And he gets to keep his uh, Trident Medal. And that that is the sort of point of controversy he had with the uh, Navy secretary. Not only was Gallagher allowed to retire at his full rank with an honorable discharge, and not only did he get to keep the the darn pin, the trident pin, what was the Secretary of the Navy's role at this point? The Secretary of the Navy is a fellow named Richard Spencer, and he wanted to sort of preserve the autonomy of the military, and he was trying to lobby behind backdoors to get Trump not to do these things. Uh, And basically, for for that reason, he was uh, punished uh, by the Trump administration and fired by the uh, defense secretary. After 
Richard Spencer, the Secretary of the Navy, was fired. He wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post. Let, let me quote, This was a shocking and unprecedented intervention in a low-level review. It was also a reminder that the president has very little understanding of what it means to be in the military, to fight ethically, or to be governed by a uniform set of rules and practices, close quote, Secretary of the Navy after he was fired by the, uh, by the, on orders of the president. So we are in favor of the military insisting that soldiers and sailors fight ethically and follow the rules which prohibit killing prisoners. That sounds good to me, but you have a different way of, of understanding this case. Tell us about that. Sure, yeah. No, I, mean, I, mean, I do think that Spencer has, should be admired for taking a stance on this case. I think that the issue, though, is that his framing of it is very narrow. I mean, he does say that, you know, we want soldiers to be fighting ethically, but the real concern is that Trump intervened on a, you know, low-level review. Well, you know, I mean, he's commander-in-chief, he's the president, and we, we do want sort of civilian uh, control of the military. And, I mean, like, I don't agree with what Trump did, but, I mean, I don't want the issue to be that it's, well, what's wrong is that a president is intervening in a military review. Uh, the, the problem is that, that Trump is sort of taking uh, figures like Gallagher, you know, like war criminals, and uh, bringing them close to him. He's hugging them. He's like, you know, making them, he reportedly wants to have Gallagher at the Republican convention oh. in 2020. Oh. Uh, and, and, but this is like part of a larger politics where Trump, like, you know, has no use for the Geneva convention and really, you know, like has a kind of Rambo-esque view of the military where like, you know, their hands are tied behind their back and they're not allowed to commit war crimes. And this is, you know, there's been, Several other cases where Trump has pardoned or mitigated the punishment of war criminals, and he's like openly, you know, talked about, you know, wanting uh, to bring back uh, waterboarding and and uh, other atrocities. So I think that's a problem, and that's what should be addressed. Now I have to say the military is not the institution to address this because again we want. So, you know, we don't want the military, uh, we want civilian control of the military. And I understand why Spencer and other military figures are trying to fight this on a bureaucratic level. They're trying to fight this as they know how and within the parameters of their power. They can't make a political case against Trump normalization of war crimes. So you've said the Trump campaigned on this in 2016. He wants to get us out of the Geneva Conventions so we can do things like waterboard and torture uh, does Trump have the power to end American participation in the Geneva Convention? I don't know. He doesn't have uh, the power to that. He would have to go through Congress. But I think that what he's doing is making a de facto move to that end, right? Like if you have uh, American military uh, men committing war crimes and then being pardoned by the president, then like what, it, what are the laws of war then? And I think, I think it has like a very long-term impact because, you know, you could have a democratic president, but they, you could, again, continue to have soldiers who think, well, uh, you know, like, I'll do this, I'll just wait for the next Trump to be elected, and I'll get a pardon. And so I really think that he's used the power that he does legitimately have to, like, uh, do an end run around um, existing laws against war crimes. And you reported the nation that he's continued to talk about this case in his recent campaign appearances. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, he he talked about it in the recent rally in Florida, and you know, using the rhetoric of the deep state, like oh, the deep state wanted to punish this guy, and I went around it. And but this is also the problem with the sort of the way the military is framing this to say, well, Trump is not he's intervening against the rules and procedures. You know, if you watch movies, you know that that makes Trump the good guy, right? <laughs> like you always have like you know, Dirty Harry uh, or Rambo, you know, the tough fighter who uh, doesn't obey the rules, and you have like the pencil pusher chief, you know, like uh, who says uh, uh, you're, you're violating the codes. Well, in that scenario, who is the hero? And Trump's rhetoric plays to that. He's saying, you know, like it's these guys, armchair warriors in their air-conditioned rooms that are uh, pushing for these rules. So I actually think that like the way the fight is being set up, it plays to Trump's strength and it plays to what his audience wants to hear. So you argue that because the president does have the power to pardon war criminals, you conclude that military men do not have the power to stop Trump from normalizing war crimes. So what is to be done? Well, I think that we, we this is a political problem. It requires a political solution. So Trump's opponents, you know, including the Democrats, have to make a political issue of this. And then it's a difficult one because there are, Trump is playing to a genuine sentiment. And to put it in um, terms that, like, are the most sympathetic, the argument is, you know, we send these our young men and women in these horrible situations and, uh, you know, to fight war, which is a horrible thing. And, like, how are we to judge them? And so, so there's a kind of part of the population that's always sympathetic to that. But I think you actually have to make a political argument as to why this is wrong, that this is, you know, making the United States a pariah nation. It's a violation of basic codes of decency. And it also, like, undermines the, you know, cohesiveness of the military. So I think that, you know, you need a political argument to be made. And I appreciate the fact that the military can't make that argument. The people in the military are not able to do that. And, you know, the resistance that they can offer is only a bureaucratic resistance. But we've seen this in many times in the Trump administration. There's a sort of, you know, push to resist him on norms, whereas that's the real resistance has to come in politics. Jeet here, his piece... Trump has made the military safe for war criminals, appears at thenation.com. Thank you, Jeet. Thank you. It's good to be here. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 